Hey there, welcome to the Doing Good Business Podcast, hosted by Kelly Stewart, business strategist helping companies to do good in all aspects of their business, and me, Laura Heacock, a leadership coach helping professionals bring kindness into business. Doing Good Business is a podcast for leaders who want to bring their whole selves to work and create companies that make a real difference in the world. Hey, welcome to episode two of Doing Good Business. So in our first episode or our inaugural episode, we talked a lot about the bottom line and why you should do good business and why it's important to lead differently. But we ended up on a note of transparency and that's where we're gonna start today. Uh, Transparency, I think, is one of those buzzwords you hear a lot about. I agree. A lot. And people hear it and they say it, but they don't necessarily know what it means. And that's what we're going to dig into today. In the concept of doing good business, what does transparency mean? So I'll give an example from the micro perspective. And for me, it means uh, having a leader who does a layoff. And they gather the team together after the layoff. They start to rebuild confidence. And they share something such as, the reason to do the layoff or what they've learned from the layoff. So perhaps they've hired some people when they should have just used contractors because it wasn't a sustainable boom in business. But sharing that with the team to let them know, it rebuilds safety, it lets people know that they're not gonna be the next ones to run away and or to have their jobs taken away rather, but it really is that transparency and leadership that I like to call appropriate transparency. But Kelly told me about something that still to this day boggles my mind, which is on the corporate level, on the macro level, open book, is it open book management? management? Okay, open thank you. Open book management, yeah. And Laura, you're, you're not the only one who's had their minds boggled, <laughs> it's crazy. Right? It's blown open. I talk uh, to a lot of people about those types of things, um, especially when we're talking about businesses and how can you bring some of these excellent things that we want to be as individuals into the business. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, Again, ironically, this has been around for more than 20 years, probably (laughs) a little bit closer to 25 years, Um, but it's really starting to get legs, I think, Mm -hmm. in an environment where now the environment is so much more transparent. You know, 25 Mm -hmm. years ago, we didn't have Facebook, we didn't have LinkedIn, (laughs) Twitter. Everything is public. (laughs) 25 years ago, we weren't walking around with phones that held cameras in them, right? So that you couldn't necessarily be on an airline flight and take a picture of an Mm. employee doing something Mm -hmm. that was really not in line with the company's corporate values. Mm -hmm. But we have all of that now. So fortunately, the, the pioneers who are using open book management have already, you know, set a nice path for us. And basically, when we talk about being transparent in a company, you know, I've said it to you before, it's, we're talking about taking a privately held company mm-hmm. and sort of acting like they're publicly traded. Mm-hmm. So open book management is a way of sharing the financial data mm-hmm. and numbers with your employees in an effort to really guide them toward one, understanding it, and sometimes mm-hmm. you have to help them understand what those numbers mean. Right. And then and you do that because you're helping them guide towards improving the numbers to improve the company. Hmm. Now, of course, okay. this is doing good business because right. you know I'm going to tell you in ways that do not hurt people or society yeah. and the planet, right? Yeah. So we're going to improve the numbers, but it gives them a, a clearer gauge of mm-hmm. what they're doing and, um, and it attaches relevance mm-hmm. to what they're doing. And in that way, of course, because they do have access to the numbers, they're they're sharing in the prosperity. So of course, yeah. it assumes you know, you've got some type of profit sharing mm-hmm. bonus or incentives that help them for doing the right things mm-hmm. that are right for that company mm-hmm. and, and their values, and then actually improves those numbers. Open book management. 
And I, first of all, so mind is blown that there are companies that actually operate this way <laughs> and share their numbers with their employees. But I just think from the employee perspective, what buy-in must that give to the organization? Mm-hmm. So feast or famine in the organization, it doesn't matter. You can see your impact or you can see a little bit more of the why. Again, we talked about that in episode one, but right. the why behind the decisions that are being made in the company. You know, it's not just... I've worked for, you know, multinational Fortune 500 companies. I've worked for teeny tiny companies. And in the larger companies, I remember being involved in a layoff. And I was in one room on one conference okay. line where people were saying, hey, if you're here, you're safe. But look around. The people that are in the other room on the other conference line, their stuff is getting packed up and they're getting walked out. Now, that is the opposite oh, of transparency. Right. There was no conversation about why there was a layoff happening. There were no... Uh, you know, town halls or something, Kelly, that you and I have talked about. There was Mm -hmm. no State of the Union town hall, you know, Mm -hmm. financial statements. It was just, you're in this room, you know, count your blessings, your job is safe, and you Mm -hmm. better go back to work. Meanwhile, the people that aren't there are literally being laid off. And that was so so opposite of open book management. It was really leadership by fear, right? Right, Yeah, traumatic and leadership by fear. Mm -hmm. And those days are dwindling, yeah. you know, um, the memos out, the handwriting's on the wall, whatever analogy <laughs> news you like best, uh, those days Real are news, out. those days are over. You know, that type of managerial leadership, which came from command and control leadership, right? right? So it's always important. I always go back to that place. Like, how did we even get here? Because mm-hmm. in understanding where we were mm-hmm. helped you understand where you're going, right? So there were a lot of returning soldiers who came back after World War II, many of whom their only formal leadership training was what they had learned in the Army, mm, right? Sure. And of course, that's what they applied. Right. Then to business. It's, it's very hierarchical. Knew. You respect Absolutely. your commander. You don't ask questions. You do what you're told when you're told, if not before. Absolutely. And you know what? To their credit, they did rebuild their country. Yeah. And they put in infrastructure mm-hmm. and they put in companies and systems and processes and it served its time. Mm-hmm. And what we are talking about more, and then it really kind of morphed into managerial leadership. Then more women came into leadership positions mm-hmm. in the 80s. I think, in my opinion, that's when I really saw team-oriented things. Oh, that's really interesting uh, Better benefits, you know, more holistic look at what Mm -hmm. are we doing as a company. And I think all of this kind of evolution, development, Mm -hmm. as we all evolve as people, led to what we have today, which is really transformational leadership, Mm -hmm. right? So if you want a transformation within your organization today, those people that you're managing have to feel connected to what you're doing, right? So we've talked about the why, but now they've got to see the direct path to what they're the decisions they're making today and how that can improve the numbers that helps to improve the company mm-hmm. in a way that also is good for the planet is good for society is good for the culture of the organization and really doesn't take away from other people so that's really what we're talking about and open book management just provides the framework for that I love that. And, you know, thinking about just the evolution of management, one of my favorite books on management, and most of my clients get this, but it's called Radical Candor. It's by Kim Scott, and she co-authors it with, goodness, a gentleman whose name I forget, forgive me. It's Russ something or other. But anyway, she's an executive coach, and he actually ironically has a military background, but has also done leadership in in huge companies like the Googles and the AOLs of the world. Mm -hmm. But the two tenets of Radical Candor are care personally and challenge directly. So you set up an environment, you know, and the care personally and challenge directly, you know, to me, the overarching theme is transparency. You can't actually care about someone unless there is some degree of appropriate transparency. You know, again, I talked about this this in episode one, Brene Brown references, bring your whole self to work, authentic Mm -hmm. leadership, being vulnerable, creating that safe space. And 
what I really found was interesting is I love the correlation that you drew about women bringing that into, you know, the influx of women in the work in the workplace in the 80s and really seeing that moving towards team leadership and team type of operating and and transparency in that way and working together mm-hmm. and getting away from this whole, you know, doing what you're told when you're told to do it and, and chain of command, you know, type of hierarchy. Absolutely. It's, you well, know, they, women were bringing what they knew right, for leadership, right. right? These were the women who, when they were home and not, it wasn't really accepted that they were going to be out in the workplace. These were the women who raised funds to improve mm-hmm. their schools, Yeah. who who did team building with their siblings, mm-hmm. you know, this, the brood of siblings that they had, that they were mad, <laughs> they were running the family. Yeah. So they had to do that. They also had to get along with neighbors, mm-hmm. right? So they had a completely different dynamic where mm-hmm. the sharing of information was much more valuable to them mm-hmm. than you could see it being in the type of hierarchial where literally loose lips sink, sink ships, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So no, a judgment-free zone, as it always here is here at doing good business. <laughs> we try, <laughs> you know. Um, but this is just kind of the of where things have been, and yeah. we're focused on what's the 21st century mm-hmm. way of doing business. Mm-hmm. Well, quite frankly, in an area where you can go online and get pretty much any information you want, yeah. it's natural that an employee who won is engaged, mm-hmm. who has already raised his or her hand and said, you know, I like what you're doing and I want to be a part of this. Yeah. Why would you keep critical information from them right. that would help them do their jobs better? So then it's just really a matter of finding out how much information to disclose what. Some companies, mm-hmm. they put it all out there. Mm-hmm. Other companies will say, yeah, no, we share the largest set of our data that's critical to operations, mm-hmm. right? Critical to those decisions, but we reserve some of the other numbers to ourselves. What could that be? Mm-hmm. You know, I, off the top of my head, I don't really couldn't even think of one, but maybe it would be some sensitive salaries mm-hmm. or things like that. Mm-hmm. But that's really what you're looking to do. And it does foster that team environment. I think it builds on the best of everything. Mm -hmm. There's still a leadership team. There is still somebody who's kind of looking at the horizon and and rowing the boat in that first Mm -hmm. direction. And then you access the teams. And then you get to what we're talking about when we talk about good businesses. What's the impact? Yeah. If, if, If a person can't say, what impact am I making in this company? Right. Then they're not necessarily going to stay. Mm -hmm. And in addition to the more qualitative or, or, you know, touchy feely, Mm -hmm. you know, good vibe kind of, I really feel like I'm making an impact. (laughs) Isn't it also nice to give them the data that they're making the impact? And of course that's tied with the expectation that they will share in that prosperity, Mm -hmm. right? And that takes us always back to where we are. I mentioned um, in the last podcast about the quadruple bottom line, Mm -hmm. purpose, people, planet, prosperity. There's an expectation that you're going to make returns. It's just how do you what do you do with those returns mm-hmm. when you have them mm-hmm. well and talking about you know even with that open book management you you still get to choose what you're going to share and, and what you're going to allow the you know the employees to see as far as you know your bottom line on the books your mm-hmm. your financial statements and things like that it's the same when you get to individual leadership you know you don't have to nor should you as a leader go and do this layoff and say you know we've been agonizing over this uh, we've <laughs> talked to our coach about it. we went to right. a, a seminar and we talked to other business owners about it Right. We've, you know, we we can't make payroll unless we do this. Like, no, no, this is not what we're talking about when we say transparency. You are so right. There is a way to communicate and to be transparent by saying, you know, there's a, a great quote by uh, Glennon Doyle. She says, you don't write from the wound, you write from the scar. And it's really, it's conveying those lessons that you've learned, you know. So we know we need to do this layoff. 
And here's the lesson that we've learned. We learned that last year when we had this boom, we hired people and that was only temporary. It wasn't the new normal. So next time we have a boom, we're gonna hire contractors instead because then there's no impact to the core team mm -hmm. and everything is business as usual. And we learn from from what we did in in the last 12 month period. And that's that's writing. That's the business equivalent of writing from the scar. You you are transparent based on your lessons learned or in the case of financials, you are transparent in a way that is for the highest good of the organization. Yes. I love that analogy. I yeah. love so much of that. And and it's true. I think we think about employees as having vital information that they should share with us about how they do their jobs and things that would help improve the bottom mm -hmm. line. And this is the, the reverse of that, right? Yes. Let's give them information mm -hmm. also that helps them improve the bottom line. Otherwise, it's, they're rudderless, right? Well, and it's You like, don't really know, yeah. how can I move the needle? I, it's um, not a direct analogy, but I'll tell you a story. I was talking to my father about some of this stuff. I, my father's becoming, I think he's going to be able to get a degree in doing good business because he gets to <laughs> listen so to cool. me talk about this a lot. So when there is such a thing, that's what he's going to get. And um, Certification but, program coming soon. Season absolutely. Two. <laughs> absolutely. So, um, but we were talking about this one day and he always likes to apply it to something he had in his yeah. career, you know, and he said, oh, I remember before he went full time with the Army National Guard, he worked for a plastics injection molding mm, company. Mm -hmm. And he said, I remember, he says, I think it goes something like this. What you're talking about is, he says, there was a time when, for whatever reason, the fifth product would fall off the line. Hmm. One summer it started. And he says, and the engineers couldn't figure it out. He says, and they spent like weeks in the conference room. They had all their schematic drawings out <laughs> and they just couldn't figure out what the heck was going on. Yeah. So finally somebody suggested, why don't you go down on the line and mm -hmm. take a look? Mm -hmm. And he said, and sure enough, the guy who's watching that line, it was summertime and he's sitting on his stool, he's watching them all mm -hmm. go and the fifth one would drop off and he would pick it back up. And the guys are like scratching their heads, rubbing their chin, you know, and they're like, Finally, they're like, Fred, why do you think that's happening? <laughs> oh, oh, I'm sorry. The problem stopped just as quickly as it started. Oh. And so they couldn't, well, that's what prompted them to go downstairs. And they're okay. like, Fred, what do you think is happening? And Fred said, well, it's, it's hot. So I had the fan on. And <gasps> oh, it's my gosh. oh, my gosh. And when gosh. it oscillates, it would blow the fifth one off. And I have to get up and pick it up and put it back on the line. <laughs> he said, so I just turned the fan oh, so it wouldn't oscillate. Gosh. And they were like, oh, sometimes you right, just need to turn the right. fan off. Now, Fred mm -hmm. didn't know that for two weeks they were trying to solve right. that problem. Right. right. You know, so Fred wow. had data, but he didn't realize how it fit into what they were doing. Yeah. So you have to have this communication. Yeah. There has to be transparency mm -hmm. around that. And and again, it's it's to foster this engagement. Mm -hmm. That's really the bigger idea is to let people feel connected to the the do what's right. being done as right. opposed to the concept mm -hmm. of what we're doing here. Yeah, and Kelly, you had said something about you know we expect our employees to give us the relevant information about their mm -hmm. job. We expect them to be transparent enough so that you know we know that if yep. they ever win the lottery and move on, you know we'll still be able to keep Absolutely. keep things going. And I think about that you know in the terms of you know personal development when we talk about like vulnerability, how do you create a safe space? for that it's the exchange it's the first person to take the step to show mm -hmm. like i'm going to be you know in radical candor i am going to care personally mm -hmm. so that it is a safe relationship that we have so that i can challenge you directly and give you hard feedback when you need to hear it it's the same thing with transparency when the company opens their books it doesn't make people think well, man, I should be getting paid a whole lot more money because look at that huge you know profit number on the on the right. balance sheet it makes them feel like oh I, I have a part in this, you know, yes. I have my piece of the puzzle and I understand and it's the same concept on the personal 
or the micro level, you know, when you as a leader are, are appropriately transparent or appropriately vulnerable with your team, mm-hmm. they're going to be able to give the same to you. And they're going to come to you not after the person's gone and say, thank God he got laid off because X, Y, and Z was happening and you just didn't know it. They're right. going to come to you and say, you know, we really need to talk about Joe Schmo because he's not living the values. He's not, you know, showing up in the way that we're all showing up. He's not buying into the culture that we're trying to create. But they're going to be able to tell you because you have been appropriately transparent with them mm-hmm. and set up the environment in a, a safe way so that they're able to come to you without fear of retaliation, without mm-hmm. fear of, you know, I've worked in environments where if you went into the person's office to talk about a problem with somebody else, she would call that next person in and tell her everything that you right, had just said about, right. you know, uh-huh. you know, I feel like this happened and it was kind of unethical. It, it was a very much, you know, like a gossipy, yeah. fear driven, you know, weak leadership mentality. And the strong leadership does have some transparency and it does have some vulnerability. And I think the vulnerability applies to open book management, too. Absolutely. Because bad times happen. Right. right. It's not always right. a boom. Right. So decisions will be made. Listen, if we're not making any mistakes, we're not trying anything. Yeah. And we do need to try things. Mm-hmm. And and I think you're touching uh, intentionally and not on, you know, long-term vision versus short-term vision. Yeah. Right? We've been yeah. robbed of so much true innovation. And it's not a word that I use a lot because mm. I think it's been really diluted. Mm. You know, so, oh, we're innovative. Mm-hmm. Really? How and when? Yeah. Right? It's like transparency. It's like, okay, what does that mean? Exactly. And spoiler alert, we have a lot of these things that we're going to be dissecting yes. in the course of this podcast. Like a lot of these really, you know, catch-all business terms, catch-all terms, personal development right. terms. That nobody really knows what they mean. Mm-hmm. What does it mean innovative? What is, you know... Collaborative. Uh, yeah, collaborative mean. Mm-hmm. What does consultative mean? Today, we're really digging into transparency, transparency because I think it's important to not just continue to take these things at face value. So mm-hmm. when you are doing good business or leading with kindness, what does it mean? Right. What does it mean to be transparent? So, sorry, I just yeah, hijacked no, you. But. <laughs> I, no, I, I think that's absolutely true. And so when we're talking about transparency like that, we really want to dig into this long-term notion of success. And yeah. so if there are some dips in the numbers, it's mm-hmm. because you're trying something, mm-hmm. I hope. Mm-hmm. And you're talking about that, one yep. of those lessons learned. Well, we've tried this and it didn't really mm-hmm. work. The way. So now you can leverage the team. Now the mm-hmm. team has something that they mm-hmm. can help to solve. So I think that's one one area. The second area I was thinking about when you're talking about all of those, you know, other aspects that you have to have in place. Mm-hmm. When we talk, when Laura and I are talking about doing good business, right? It it's a big model. Yeah. And there are a lot of assumptions baked into that. So if you are going to be transparent, you have to have these other practices in place mm-hmm. that provides the framework for someone to have that psychological safety. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because if you are, you know, a kind of an unethical organization, that transparency doesn't work. Right. 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 So yeah. we bake in assumptions that there are other frameworks and we yeah. will talk about those as well. And mm-hmm. if you don't have them and that's a question that you have for us, you send it in to us and mm-hmm. you know it's something that we can address. But all of this is like an orchestra, right? Mm-hmm. You've got yeah. the wind section, you've mm-hmm. got the percussion, and all of it works together. Mm-hmm. And when it does, it really is beautiful mm-hmm. music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that analogy. I mean, just thinking of a company as an analogy or an orchestra as an analogy for a company, you know, you do have all of these different sections. And just like in a company, you know, an orchestra has a conductor, a company has a C-suite, and all of these things really align. And they all 
have to work together. You know, if your violin section is out sick because they're burned out and they can't right. show up to work, your music doesn't sound the exactly. same way. And in a company, you know, exactly. if you're not working in a way that keeps your company healthy, if you're not practicing this transparency and getting the buy-in, in a company, it's called turnover. You know, it's not that the violinists aren't showing up. It's it's called turnover. Your people will start leaving. They will go to a company that does walk their talk, that does align mm-hmm. with their values, that does practice what they preach, and that does value transparency. And, you know, in 2018, late 2018, you know, we have seen record lows of unemployment. We have seen the direct inverse correlation to dramatically high off the charts turnover, because guess what? Companies can't find people. And when you are finding, you know, when you are a strong candidate, you have your choice of offers to take and you can go, Mm -hmm. you know, people will leave jobs for a number of things. But right now, a lot of people are leaving jobs for things that feel better to them for companies Mm -hmm. that they believe in clients. I'm sorry, employees are starting to target companies. They Mm -hmm. are looking for a certain kind of organization. They may be looking for a socially responsible organization. They may Mm -hmm. be looking for a company that, you know, values the same charity that they do. They Mm -hmm. may really believe in a company that has transparency as a part of their key operating procedures. Well, here's one for you. Transparency in your supply chain. Oh. So as consumers, let's just put our consumer hat on because we all live in both worlds, right? So with your consumer hat on, don't you kind of want to know in 2018, mm-hmm. where did this product really come mm-hmm. from? All of it, right? Mm-hmm. How was it made? How are the people who are the raw material producers, what is their mm-hmm. life like? Because, right. you know, this varies by individual, but there are many people today who are like, I don't want to purchase a product that is being used at the cost of someone else, right. even if that person lives right. across the world from me. Right. Or whether that person lives the next state over from me or in my state, right? You just don't want to see that happening because today we have a mechanism for Mm -hmm. it. We didn't have a mechanism for Mm -hmm. understanding that, you know, 20 years ago, 30, 40 years ago. And you see the rise of things like fair trade and people understand what that means. And Mm -hmm. you want to under, you know, even if you just boil it down to the simplest term and you think about, you know, your supply chain and how things are made, think about food recalls, you know, the way that things are, are created and manufactured, let alone, you know, the people that are creating them, you know, wanting to understand where things come from and the transparency in that side of things. And in businesses, it's not only the consumers that want to see that. It's also the clients, Mm -hmm. RFPs, Mm -hmm. RFPs are changing. And when I go out and I speak about this or I'm working with clients, I hear people and they'll, they'll come up to me and say, Oh my goodness, you are so right because we just had an RFP and we had a really hard time because there were questions we've never had to answer before. Mm-hmm. And that's right because they want to know before they hire you that there isn't something wrong in your supply chain. And that's mm-hmm. not to say that you know and you went out and you hired that company because they're using child labor. Right. And then that's good for your bottom line, but you may have unintentionally hired it. Mm-hmm. So it is okay to ask for transparency mm-hmm. from your supply chain, from your business partners, mm-hmm. from your vendors. It's good to ask those things because once you start adopting more transparency into your organization, mm-hmm. you are going to find you appreciate having transparency from others. So what happens inside the organization transparently is good, Mm -hmm. but then you can also expand that. And then that's what allows you to be transparent with your stakeholders. Yeah. Well, and we've talked before about your brand, you know, whether you're a person Mm -hmm. or you're a company, you know, this is the 21st century. We have Glassdoor. We have, you know, Indeed rate and review. We have Yelp. We have anywhere you, anything you want to do. Social media. Yeah. Like Mm -hmm. you can find out pretty much anything you want to find out about any organization that you want to, you know, consider working with, working for whatever your, your context is. But 
you almost are are forced into transparency because nothing is right. secret anymore. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like you can go and like literally see yeah. the interview questions that you're going to be asked for a certain job at a certain company in a certain location on Glassdoor. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you also obviously have reviews of people that are working there and, you know, rule of thumb, mm-hmm. you throw out the highest, throw out the lowest, but look at all of the two, three and four star reviews and really look at, you know, how do you want to consider that company does this? And this is what people do when they want right. to find a business that they're aligned with. They want to see, Okay, are their values more than a page on their website? Mm-hmm. Are, you know, what are their management practices? What are their social initiatives? What do they do when they're prosperous? And what do they do when times are lean? Mm-hmm. And you can find all of that out. So quite honestly, like instead of trying to put this, you know, shiny social media highlight reel together about your organization, right. of course you have a brand and of course you want to present your most positive you light. And you should walk your talk and people and should, should be, be able to go. Right. Yeah, it should be transparent. <laughs> it should be real. People, when they start <laughs> digging into it, should be able to see Absolutely. like, wow. This company talks about supporting the United Way. And my gosh, look at all these reviews of employees that work there that say that their leaders let them devote two days of time to -hmm. do a fundraiser for the United Way. Or they, Mm -hmm. you know, did summer Fridays because they value work-life balance, whatever it looks like. What about the company that says they they value diversity and you go on to their About Us page on their website? 27 white men. Right. You know, so... Or, you know, it, it's all millennials, right? Yeah. So there's all types of diversity. Yeah. Age, gender, yeah. you know, um, the cognitive Ability. diversity, right? right? Exactly. So there's all types of diversity. And so that, again, is another mm-hmm. um, transparency. Also hacking, right? Mm-hmm. So nothing yeah. is private any longer. Everybody's, you <laughs> no. know, at that that kind of mercy of being hacked. So yeah. you could put your best face forward, your mm-hmm. brand image, but at the end of the day, you're vulnerable as mm-hmm. a company, right? Mm-hmm. So let's just flip that. Let's say, right. let's not feel vulnerable. Let's right. be proactive about mm-hmm. this and say, now we know we operate in a transparent environment. What can we do now? Yep. Well, you know what? We can get really good at sharing information. Yeah. We can get really good at practicing honesty, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. There's a novel idea, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and on, but putting it in context for people, which I think is so important. And that's yes. what you've mentioned. You've got to put it in context for them mm-hmm. so that they understand what is the lesson that's being learned. Why was that done? Mm-hmm. And, uh, that's the leadership yeah. side of it. And then I do believe there's a responsibility amongst the employees. So you have this transparent information. It's a gift, mm-hmm. right? You're being given this gift. So use it well, right? right? Use it in the way that it's been intended for you mm-hmm. and um, and not in a gossipy right. kind of way, right. you know, um, but to use it in that because that's trust. Mm-hmm. Trust goes both ways. Yeah. Communication goes both ways. So I think that when you look at it and you're even you're thinking about your supply chain or your vendors, you're going to help them maybe uncover some things that they're doing mm-hmm. that aren't necessarily good for them, aren't aren't necessarily positioning them for long-term success in mm-hmm. the 21st century. Mm-hmm. Well, wow, that's an added bonus to this conversation because you're not going to do it and walk away from them. That would be punitive. Right. But you might be able to do it and help them work on something better, mm-hmm. right? And, mm-hmm. and now all of the boats float because... Yeah. And, I wish I had a better example for everyone on what that would be. But, you know, assuming it's nothing egregious, <laughs> yeah. you know, but just something that really can be fixed. Uh, maybe it's just an environmental, it's a sustainability mm-hmm. practice, mm-hmm. something that they're doing that sometimes it's the smallest change that right. makes the biggest difference. Right. And that's what we're looking for. And I just think, you know, again, you know, I love the the supply chain and looking at it, you know, knowledge is power, right? Yeah. And, you know, as soon as you learn something, you have the power to change it. Whereas if you're not looking at it and you, you know, you mm-hmm. either intentionally have blinders on or you're just unaware, you can't do anything about it. And, you know, with transparency, I think on on a micro leadership level, like just thinking about 
I think so many leaders are conditioned to, you know, always have a game face and not really be transparent with their employees. And, you know, again, if you don't know about it, you can't fix it. And just as a leader thinking about, you know, maybe your kid's sick or maybe you have a relative that's struggling with an illness or something that's happening, you don't need to, again, go in and disclose everything that's going on in your personal life. But you can say to your team, you know what? Mm-hmm. I'm a little off today and I want you all to know that it's nothing about you. You guys so are true. amazing and I'm just going through some stuff and I'm doing the best I can to be here and to support you in, mm-hmm. in the best way that I can. So I wanted you to just, I wanted to be transparent because I don't want anyone to feel that it's, right. you know, something they're doing a bad job or there's something that they need to uncover. And you know, the same with supply chain, like, oh my gosh, I just realized we're doing a bad job on this. Let me swap out the supplier for one that is, you know, fair trade or mm-hmm. whatever the the circumstances. But it's you know on the on the micro and on the macro level, like knowledge is power. And once you start to either create that transparency or just discover through doing mm-hmm. this research and trying mm-hmm. to do good business and do business better, you start regaining so much power. You know, instead of starting to be or, or feeling like you're a victim of your circumstance, you start right. to reclaim the way that you're doing business. You start to create your preferred future, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And and that, I think, comes up a lot in the context of what it means to be a positive business, mm, you know, which yeah. is the focus of my work, where, yeah. you know, you're looking to build on your strengths. You're mm-hmm. looking to stay true to your aspirations. What do we desire, mm-hmm. right? And yeah, you have mm-hmm. to s- suspend a little bit of disbelief just to even have that conversation right. and figure out what those things are. But then you say, okay, now what are the opportunities that mm-hmm. will help us get there? Yeah. And then what are the results? How do we measure it? So the positive mindset is one that says, what can we do? Right. And when you know that information, in fact, I would even say knowledge then is empowering, mm-hmm. right? Oh, That's 100%. really where it becomes, 100%. right? Because yeah. it takes you to things that you cannot look at mm-hmm. when you are only looking to solve a problem. Yeah. And without transparency, and this goes back years ago, I had read something, you know, when someone lies to you, right? Yeah. They're taking away your ability to make a good decision yes. because you have inaccurate data, right. Right? right? And so as long as we recognize that's a two-way street, employer mm-hmm. to employee, employee to employer, mm-hmm. you know, and then expand that out to vendors and stakeholders, mm-hmm. then we can start to make really good decisions. But when everybody's running around, what's in it for me? What's in it for me? You know, it's harder to get to that transparent moment. And yeah. and, and it's a habit we need to break. Yeah. For, for a very long time, that's the way business was done. So yes. it doesn't seem intuitive mm-hmm. for a lot of people. And even people who are new into the the in, the marketplace, they've heard their parents and their grandparents mm-hmm. talk about, well, you know, the company is... Get a job and stay stuff. there. Don't right. ever leave. Yeah. They, you know, you're so lucky to have that job, which... Or don't trust that company, r- right? Oh, because good point. somebody yeah. else had a bad experience, yeah. you know, and you don't know what's yeah. been imprinted in them. So there's work to be done. But as we've said before, it starts with the small step. Yes. So yes. focus on what you can do strategically within mm-hmm. your organization. That would be my guidance to, mm-hmm. to people in terms of bringing it in as a business practice. Mm-hmm. Do I... Um, Am I suggesting that, you know, just tomorrow, go in and open up? No, no. do not do that. <laughs> like everything else, decide what it is you want to do. Yeah. Put a plan around it. Figure out, you know, how are you going to, you know, identify and track data that's important to that. So how mm-hmm. are you going to measure it? And how are you going to roll it out? How are you going to mm-hmm. communicate it? Are you going to pilot test it? Maybe you have a small town hall mm-hmm. to start. Do some of your leaders need 
you know, training mm-hmm. on, on how to do that because, it, like mm-hmm. I said, it's not necessarily intuitive for right. them. So do they need training on how to communicate this? Even setting expectations among mm-hmm. the employees. How do you roll that out? What do you let them know so that they don't come in like, you know, remember if when we ever called to like a school assembly that was not oh, really yeah. planned and everybody's like filing in like, what's oh, no. going on? Oh, exactly. my goodness. And yeah. you, you don't want people going, oh, no. Mm-hmm. You want people going, yay, this is exciting. Right. Because then they're cognitively in the right place yes. to receive the information. Yep. And emotionally. No, I agree. And, you know, it again, it just comes down to transparency. You want people to know why they're going to the town hall, just like you want people to know why they're having a one-on-one with their leader. You know, I think about, um, I was having a conversation recently with somebody mentioning the concept of, you know, a surprise in your performance review. And I'm just fundamentally opposed to that. First of all, if you're only having a review once a year, we need right. to, we can do better than that. And... If there's anything in a surprise, that leader needs, you know, some coaching around transparency and how to really lead the people because you can't, you can't, again, knowledge is empowerment. You can't change what you don't know is wrong. Right. And you don't want your employee to be in their performance review jaw on the floor, not having any idea that anything was wrong when you've had 12 months to have meetings with them once a month or once a week or whatever your frequency is, but to have Mm -hmm. that appropriate transparency with like, here's your strengths and where you're doing great. Here's Mm -hmm. some areas that I need some improvement, or do we need to retool you? Or do you need to be in a different seat doing a different role because that suits you better and you're a really good fit for this company. So let's Mm -hmm. find the role that's a better fit. You know, all of these things when we're transparent on a micro level and on a macro level, can actually lead to, you know, increased capacity. They can lead to innovation, you know, some yes, of these keywords and yes, creativity yes. because we're creating this this safe space in this company that actually is uh, sharing information with the employees and, and doing right. good in the world that lets people feel like they want to give their time to the organization they want to create. You're so right. And I... Part of a company, I can't remember, I don't remember the name, so I apologize, and I can't remember whether I read about it or someone was telling me that when you start in the company, they have you, it was like a financial advisory company, but mm. they have you work in every seat in the oh, house, I love that. so to speak, right? I love that. So you're really mm-hmm. getting, now it's a stretch for some people, but mm-hmm. we should all have some stretch goals. Yeah. And it's not your permanent position, but they want but you to have understand. a well-rounded experience, yeah. right, of what's going on. Yeah. That's a company that's committed, it's using some of that prosperity yeah. to say, we're reinvesting in mm-hmm. this type of an experience for our employees because that's really important for that's us. So, cool. so not only are they giving the the employee and kind of going off of our topic here, mm-hmm. but not but not only they are they giving their employee an experience, that's the practice. And so when yeah. someone says, "Oh, well, you know, how do you bring out the best in your team?" Mm-hmm. Oh, well, let us tell you how it starts, right? right? And now right. you've got a verifiable practice that yep. you can talk and put into place. So I think if you're looking for some of those small steps that Kelly and I love to talk about for the week, you know, if you're a leader, I'm really inspired by the example you just gave. And maybe you start it with your interview process and you do, I used to work for a company years ago that did, they would call it a ride along. And part of the interview process was the candidate would come in and spend a half a day in the seat with the person that they were going to be um, working with, with one of the peers. So maybe that's a small step that you can take towards transparency in your hiring process as a leader. Like, Mm -hmm. let's make sure there is some values alignment, there is a good Mm -hmm. fit for this person in our company. So from my perspective, that would be a great micro side, small step. And what's the macro small step that you would give? I'm going to go back to that open book management. Mm -hmm. I heartily encourage anyone who's interested in this and and listening to us today to to take a look at that Mm -hmm. online, um, because that's the framework 
Yeah. Right? You could reinvent the wheel. I'm not opposed to you reinventing the wheel. <laughs> but really, um, if you're me, you're way too you, lazy to reinvent the wheel. Just do it. <laughs> but just the take a look exists, at it. Or, or maybe it'll be a springboard for other yeah. ideas for you. But the framework is there. And I would say, again, start small. Figure out what it is you're going to disclose. And again, this is the kind of creative geniusness that the entrepreneurs mm-hmm. and the business leaders love anyway, mm-hmm. because you've got to figure this out. You know, where is it most important to start? Do you start with the marketing? Like, is that the place to start? Do you start in HR? Mm-hmm. Where do you start? And you and you work with a subset of people because what you're going to want to do is make sure that they know what the numbers mean. Mm-hmm. Not everyone does, you know, um, so make sure that they know what the numbers mean and then show them and discuss have the discussion. Yeah. Hey, Fred. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Here's what. <laughs> exactly. You know, what do you think? So we want to improve these numbers, but we want to do it in a way that's true to our values and yes. our vision and our purpose. And then have that honest conversation with them and they'll mm-hmm. give you some ideas. And then you can say to them, well, you know what? Let's let's just kind of, you know, do the back of the napkin on this. If we put your idea in place, we think we could improve that number by about 2%. So mm-hmm. at least now you've got a goal to shoot for. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got a number that somebody can track toward. In the first year, you're not going to know because you're you're setting your benchmark. Yes. But you start with your guesstimate based on some, you know, reliable data mm-hmm. and then let it go from and there. And you see where you land. Yep. Awesome. Exactly. So thank you all for joining us for episode two, where we had some fun dissecting transparency. Love to know what you think of transparency. Do you think it's just a bogus buzzword? Is it something that you want to implement in your business? We are at podcast at doinggoodbusiness.com. And if you are enjoying what we're doing, we'd love it if you took some time to give us a quick rating and a review. And we'd always love to hear from you. So thanks so much. We'll see you next week. Have a great day. Thanks so much for listening to this episode, and we would love to hear from you. Send your comments, your questions, suggested topics to podcast at doinggoodbusiness.com. If you'd like, visit our website of the same name, doinggoodbusiness.com. Remember, you can always rate and review us wherever it is that you listen to your podcast. Feel free to share it. Until next time, we encourage you to take one small step toward doing good business.